welcome to another episode of the startup operator in this episode i'm going to be talking to nikhil kumar who is the co-founder of setu which is a fintech api infrastructure startup that just raised about 15 million from falcon edge and lightspeed ventures uh, nikhil started his career managing partnerships at tally and intuit and then moved on to building developer ecosystems at exotel uh, and ispirit where he was part of the team that launched UPI. Now, UPI, as we all know, does about a billion plus transactions a month. And in this episode, we spoke about how it is really important for startups to not just build products, but also think about distribution to begin with. Uh, how APIs could be, you know, one of the most effective sales strategies and also delve into Nikhil's experience of working with financial institutions and entrepreneurs and, you know, what lies ahead for him. So, hi Nikhil, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. How have you been? Thank you so much, Roshan. So, I me, I'm doing great. Um, I hope all of you are doing well and safe too. Lovely. So, the one common thread I see in your experience, right, is that you've been at the center of collaboration, uh, kind of big, bringing different types of people together whether it's you know managing partners more on the go-to-market front at tally and intuit or you know managing the developer ecosystem at exotel and ispirit to now founding setu which is you know in your words building bridges for the digital economy right um, i i'm sure this can't be a coincidence that you've landed these roles specifically so what is it that you enjoy about these roles and you know what are some of the nuances in that great question uh, and you know it's, it's a great pattern that you found um, so one of the reasons <clears throat> why I've uh, ended up doing all of these roles because none of these roles existed in any of these companies yeah uh, so they were all uh, so right from my first job uh, when, when I joined Tally I was actually hired as a product engineer um, and uh, so I was like you know I don't want to be uh, just locked down to a room writing code all day I want to go out and figure out. Uh, so I think in 2011, right, uh, back then product management was not such a big deal if you really yeah. think about it. Um, you know, this is when you and I finished engineering, right? So no one told you could be a PM or anything as such. <laughs> you had yeah. to either write code uh, or write code. <laughs> you mostly right. did any other option. So I became one of those managers, right? Project yeah, manager type. Project manager. You know, broadly, if you, if you if you remember in our batch or in during that time, people either went to non-engineering jobs like uh, civil, mechanical, and so on, or people who went to engine. I mean, in the sense, non-software engineering. And in software engineering, if any of us went, we were supposed to write code, right? And there were only a few companies like New Sigma and others where they were they would say you can do data analysis and so on and so forth. So I, for one, was like, I don't want to write code. So I didn't know what product really meant. Um, so I I thought basically the other side of the world was all about sales. Uh, yeah. So I went and pitched to my, uh, you know, head of sales at uh, Tally saying, sir, I don't want to write code. Can I come and work with you? Uh, now, interestingly, what happened, I went out to, uh, you know, my uh, my training at Tally. And I was in Cochin and I spent a few months at the regional office. Mm-hmm. And I realized, shit, I don't want to do the sales. <laughs> so, so, you know, I had done all this circus from moving from, you know, uh, I, I remember I'm a, I've been hired from college. This is my first job, first month in right. the office. I do all this drama and I get into sales and I go to go out to the field and I'm like, shit, this sucks. Uh, I don't <laughs> want to be doing this. Uh, so I think... Um, that that kind of probably was like uh, this kind of a pivotal moment in shaping uh, what the future of you know business development would be mm. uh, because traditionally till that time you know we've always known sales as either direct sales and indirect sales right and uh, direct sales meant you know enterprise people going out and selling indirect at that time till that time was mostly thought about building channels Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, can I can I sell Tally through the hardware or the computer shop guy and so on. Uh, and if you look at it, most software, whether it's Microsoft Office to many other such commodity software was always sold through channels. Right. Uh, so when I traced back and, you know, uh, uh, 
on why is tally so successful and powerful right so it came down to this idea of a channel right uh, and uh, and then i think a series of kind of serendipitous roles that i did in these different companies actually kind of led me to build new channels that didn't exist before for these businesses mm. uh, and that pursuit of these new channels kind of landed up with apis right so yeah. because in tally api is like a yeah you know there's no you don't use the word api in tally there's, there's no api for tally <laughs> <laughs> so um so i think the foundations of uh, thinking about this comes from the fact that you know tally had this super powerful channel um number one and channel uh, you know and we keep talking about this you we hear this in different flavors from people right that product is not just about building it it's also about distribution and so on right um so i think the distribution part of it was basically where the channel thing came in uh, and uh, i was not so focused on building the product but i was focused on if there is a product where 0 to 1 has happened can i go and you know do 1 to 10 or 1 to 100 to scale this mm-hmm. uh, so that led into this this whole co-creation ecosystem uh, so the difference between a sales guy and let's say a channel guy who's building is a sales guy is extremely selfish and will think only about his targets and his targets alone right um, uh, and you know and this is typically how sales incentives are derived if you're a you know a large enterprise sales person you have a target and number on your back and you know you do whatever it takes to get that number whereas if you're in if you're in this partnerships or slash building the channel you have to take a step back and say how do i make my partner successful right the number is just the outcome that you know you'll do x number of sales x amount of revenue uh, but the fundamental shift in this mindset is to think about the success of someone else right right and this is the big difference between running a regular direct sales channel uh, versus building these co-creation channels is you have to inherently develop this empathy towards the person and say how do i make this person successful uh, so that philosophy and given to you know wow the world is shaping um, so i realized around 5 years ago uh, you know partnerships is going to be one of the most dominant ways of business development irrespective of any segment right whether it's software whether it is healthcare whatever whatever right uh we are going to go towards more and more companies building together right mm. number one and number two if this is going to be powered by technology or if this is going to be digital i just had the simple hypothesis to say apis are the best way to build partnerships <laughs> right mm. because it really connects two applications or two softwares together uh and that's how these two worlds collided for me right one is this you know kind of learning from the old software era about the importance of channels uh, importance of thinking about how to build these sustainable channels and second also seeing through that where is the world heading towards are we going to go towards more uh, are software applications going to be more like islands or are they going to be more like connected islands uh, and uh, and there the bet was that you know we're going to be more connected than before right uh, so this is how my kind of world is converged <laughs> from sure. old world software uh, to channel selling um, and putting some of those lessons to see uh, you know what the future would look like and that uh, has kind of been you know my anchor uh, in life in some sense right so that is why you see me kind of playing similar roles in very different contexts different products uh, at different times right right nikhil so much of what you said makes sense uh, and in some sense i mean you were truly visionary to see this well beforehand right so we have things like product led growth which is uh, you know which is coming to being right now where so much of the distribution is baked in the product itself right uh, and api is being pursued as a as a sales strategy as such right uh build together sell together type of uh, an approach um how important is it to you know for startups to invest in building these partnerships uh, and focus on the larger ecosystem at hand you know whether it's on the developer side or go to market side uh 
because as you also rightly pointed out it can be a force multiplier right it can get you from 1 to 10 so how important is it for startups to do that and how should they go about doing it it's a super question i wish uh, you know many of us kind of knew this before we start out and so on uh, that if you really look at a startup journey in terms of if if you're a technology company the most easiest thing that is actually in our control is actually writing or building the software right um, yep. in, you know if you if you really look at all the variables that's involved <laughs> the one thing that's in your control is kind of writing software and uh, everything else is kind of dependent on so much about the world outside whether the software that you've written is it a product is is there a market for it then is there a fit and so on uh, so i i genuinely think that i think one of the most underestimated problems of our software industry is distribution you know i think this is also kind of got to do a little bit with uh, the way we have borrowed our product concepts also from bali you know from from lots of things that happen in the us mm-hmm. uh, all of this thing about you know product will sell itself and you know and so on and so forth build it and they will come right build it and they will come and you know all of those uh, but if you actually look at uh, if you go into in detail about some of these companies in the us and so on all of them have worked their ass off to get yeah. users <laughs> or distribute their products right i mean nobody sold like salesforce did right nobody right. sold like oracle or you know no one did growth hacking like facebook did uh, so i think uh the the idea of building a sustainable channel for distribution is very important uh because uh, if we can crack this uh i think you know from a startups point of view you know today i products or ideas by itself are not a moat anymore right we are living in a hyper connected world um so let's say tomorrow if stripes builds a feature in the us right it is going to be known to me right uh, because i'm going to be sure i'm going to know that they built this feature and some x people are using it right or if uh, fresh desk built some features and desk is going to know about it right uh, so we are living in a very hyper connected world um, so uh, whatever we build or design is not going to be a moat as in in the traditional sense as we speak right um obviously we could argue we have better designers blah 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 but at the end of the day if someone is able to sell even replicate it the replication can probably just be at a product or at a feature level right but it won't be at an impact level uh and the one that differentiates this is you know your distribution channel yeah. uh so i think uh it is extremely important to invest in distribution channels uh and more importantly it's important to uh, invest in distribution channels that are scalable for the type of company that you want to build right now you can't say okay i want to be india's largest b2b commerce company right mm. and say i want to be a tech company <laughs> that's <laughs> not going to be there right you right. are going to be a large operations company large sales uh, sales company including yeah. like a tech right um you have to be a large distribution engine and technology is going to be a supporting you know uh, play for this now yeah. unfortunately a lot of us in the startup world in india have realized very late as a part of our journeys right mm. most mm. of our tech companies today are more ops heavy than tech heavy you know you see flipkart which kind of shaped the whole culture of you know our bangalore startup ecosystem was a tech company <laughs> but not anymore it's a operations company powered by good technology yeah. right uh, so uh, so i think it's important as a founder realize what kind of company you want to build now let's say you hold this thought to say i want to build a company a small you know a, an agile team a small team a high performance team then mm. you have no choice but to invest in indirect channels right of right. acquisition uh because what we keep saying about small teams is good for building a product 20 20 people 10 10 product 10 engineering is lovely right but those 20 people can't get get you to a million customers or whatever 100k customers uh so if you want to be small and mm-hmm. if you want to serve a large base 
you have really no choice but to actually invest in you know uh, invest in these uh, alternate channels of distribution uh, so which is where a lot of you know the new economy of you know all these things like substack or you know products like yeah. that uh, or you know api products uh, all of these kind of have come in into this new model uh, of enabling companies uh, you know uh, to to build fast now once you build fast then you need a distribution channel whether it's mm. through traditional influencer marketing whether it's through offline channels whether it's through developers who are building on top of you all of these are you know different strategies to kind of for the same outcome which is how do i increase my distribution right no and the best example for this uh, that i've seen in recent times is you know what's happened with slack and microsoft teams right Right. So Microsoft Teams literally in the last uh, I think 2 3 years has overtaken Slack uh, purely based on their distribution uh, might and strength and if you look at it I mean Slack painfully built this user base over the last 10 years but at this point of time for Microsoft I mean any product arguably is an upsell or a cross sell right right absolutely yeah yeah I I also want to talk about uh, you know the fact that you mentioned which is very important that to look at tech as an enabler and not as a and not as an end product in itself right uh, so you mentioned you know flipkart for example being a, an awesome operations con- company that is enabled by technology and often times we make this mistake of like you know thinking like a tech company and so on right so for a startup how important is it to uh truly think of everything else you know uh, especially when building this ecosystem right think on the op side think on the money side think on every other uh, aspect and you know particularly in your space in fintech for example right where we where tech is a key enabler no doubt but then i mean you have to deal with banks you have to deal with regulation you have to deal with merchants etc etc so how important is that no i i i think you know one of the mistakes that we do um, and i remember this in my previous startup uh, roshan yeah. is when we start up right as founders we basically kind of set our I mean box ourselves into some something that we have been inspired by yeah. and say i want to be like this right so one of the examples i clearly remember is us having this um you know kind of not so much love towards services companies in india right yeah now yeah. why as a founder would you say you don't want to start a <laughs> services company right i mean look at the numbers yeah <laughs> yeah yeah infosys is the only stock <laughs> that right. went down and came back up right and and has been consistently performing no, right? no. and if you look at uh, even product companies right if you look at salesforce for example right, right. services will account for a significant percentage of their uh, revenue as well right and Absolutely. look at the ecosystem that they've built on services alone take examples right. sap oracle workday exactly. all of these companies in fact you know fun fact is i think tally's partners probably make more revenues through services yeah. than actually through sales right yeah yeah uh, so one so th- you know this used to be because i came from the tally world and so on uh, i used to you know we there is this thing uh, to us as a founder that you know we want to build a type of company because we read or got influenced by so on and so forth right yeah. so we'll say okay i want to build a product company now the moment you say i want to build a product company what does it really mean <laughs> right <laughs> so you, it means probably that i don't want to do any services angle right or i don't want to do or know, i don't want to hire a bunch of sales guys right yeah. me and my engineering buddies are just going to code all day and we're going to ship this awesome product that you know people are just going to like discover magically and then come and buy right absolutely so i think those days this days of you know um like uh what do i say i i would say probably it was a little amateurish for some of us to actually think about it if we look mm. back right and mm. the reason why i see this amateurish is you know we also need to realize that india's startup ecosystem is also fairly young compared to the way valley has been and yeah. you know and so yeah. right the reason yeah. you know in 2015 we were all building some you know dumbass <laughs> food, food apps right i mean uh like yeah. uh the 
you know, we, we didn't leverage this opportunity to truly solve hard problems, right? Uh, right. You know, we did have MLAI trip for some time, then TUS, right? Which, uh, which deep tech startup uh, have we seen, you know, in the last two, three years, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, one of the problems that we have had is we have we are fascinated too much by the, you know, what the world thinks on the type of company that we should build mm. uh, rather than focusing on the customer problem that you want to solve. Yeah. No, and the point that you mentioned, right, maturing ecosystem, I mean, arguably, I think we've only seen one cycle of that, right? Exactly. From exactly. Flipkart founding to Flipkart exit. Exactly. So, and, you know, founders will kind of learn the journey through osmosis, right? Uh, basically Absolutely. on what it takes to build a startup and, you know, see the whole journey through. Like, uh, just take our own experiences, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm sure you are a lot more wiser today than what you were five years ago. Oh, uh, absolutely. Right? And yeah. and same goes to me, Whether you know, first was a rookie founder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now there are so many mistakes from that to learn on how to operate. Yeah. Uh, I think just, you know, uh, us being in this uh, and and trying, I mean, we've just been at it for just a few years, right? Mm. Uh, so, uh, and and one of the things that we need to be uh, aware about is this fact, right? That that let's not box ourselves to say, I want to be, you know, A and B and mm. C type of company, mm. but rather say, look, this is the problem that I want to solve. Now, in order to solve this problem, what are my options, right? Mm. Um, so, uh, so I keep saying this that if you know having a channel or this indirect channel mm. cannot be a feature, right? It has to be a strategy. It can't be right. to say I am also selling through this, yeah. right? It can't be an afterthought. It can't be to say uh, you know uh, that oh suddenly I realized I can't I don't want to scale to hundred salespeople. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to pivot and, you know, and try to do, I mean, mm. sure. But, you know, you actually have that ability from day one to think and design, right? right. Uh, so for example, let's talk about, you know, a little bit more in our APIs itself, right? Mm. Uh, when we think about APIs as a product, right? Typically what used to happen is, okay, you can use my product also via APIs, right? Mm. This is one way of thinking. Mm. Now, the other way of thinking is that I will give you my API so that you can you only build a use product. my product on APIs. Yeah, on my APIs. APIs. Yeah. Right. So, and that what that means is then why will the guy even use it? He is going to use it most likely because he's going to use it and build something for his customers. Right. Mm. Uh, so, why will you use a Twilio API? Because you might be WhatsApp and you want to verify every each one of your customers. Right. Mm. Uh, so, so just is being clear on, yeah. you know, on, on what kind of, uh, you know, company you want to build, mm. not at to box and say, I want to, uh, build the uh, a type of company or B type of company, mm. but to say that, look, I want to build a, you know, efficient organization, right. With an efficient sales channel and a sustainable channel. And then look at what are my options, right? Yeah. Uh, there will be indirect, direct marketing, you know, direct acquisitions. Then you'll see indirect and so on and so forth. And one of the secrets, you know, to, to just to sum up that mm. startups have not really done well mm. is I don't know of many startups which have leveraged existing channels to grow their business. Mm. Right? Um, so I can give you one example, for example. Yeah. Like, let's take Open Bank, for example. Open as a neo banking company is built on top of ICICI, right? Mm. They effectively leverage the entire sales channel of ICICI, right? And mm. get the ICICI sales team to sell their product, right? And, uh, and whenever a lead comes in, Open just fulfills that, right? Um, so, there are these lots of these opportunities and channels that are available for companies to know and mm. leverage of. Uh, and I don't think as a startup ecosystem, we have really made much you know, progress at it. Uh, I mean, uh, it's also, like I said, we are very early and you know, we're learning the 
yeah. we've learned how to yeah. sell you know remotely we've now learned how to build you know large sales and ops teams uh, so the art of selling it through third parties is probably going to be what the next decade will be about uh, yeah. for a lot of tech companies at this point of time given the number of applications that a typical enterprise uses right uh, i think you don't want to go through the trouble of building one more application right because i mean there's so much of fatigue in that sense uh, of adopting that and then you know all of the other nuances to it so uh, which is also i think why you're seeing a lot of people take that api route um and you know the the open icici example that you mentioned uh, reminded me of this uh, uh, i i shared that article with you as well uh, the anderson horowitz article yeah. which uh, yeah. said every company will be a fintech company right yeah. again you know fantastic vision in the sense that you know let the bank take care of the regulation take care of the actual business of running the bank uh, tech can be that services layer over and above that right so yeah that, in fact you know i um, you know uh, i i sometimes keep pulling this right so we do we also say the same uh, about you know the thesis of this all mm. of this thesis looks very nice when you know suddenly when someone in the west says this right <laughs> <laughs> but let me actually illustrate that why it is true in india right, right? um just a funny anecdote right and all of us know this truth in india every company lends every company mm. every b2b invoice is a lending operation right mm. have you ever seen any b2b business happen right where the guy pays money and takes his 5 kgs of uh, rice and goes it never happens right every b2b invoice in india is actually an asynchronous payment process uh, you know funny thing is in tally when you raise an invoice the default credit period that comes up in the invoice is 30 days 30 days yeah you don't have to do anything tally only auto fills it <laughs> when you raise an invoice so right. effectively every business is giving 30 days of credit line to his customers mm. right what is that that is nothing but lending no correct <laughs> Where will this fellow get money from so in every small business in india in some sense is like a micro bank or a asset management company right, right, right where right. there is capital gone here capital gone here uh, so we keep joking that don't teach uh, small businesses how to do business just give mm. them the instrument and see magic happen figure it out right yeah. Uh, yeah. because they know how to you know nuance whether to put it in gold whether to keep this in fd whether to take the od line was mm. all of these are complex decisions <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah. only the sme knows what's right for it yeah so in some sense if we really see that you know every company in india in some sense is actually a fintech company right so no, i mean <laughs> if you look fintech, at fintech but fin company for sure yeah i mean see for instance i mean if you look at the the kiranas that are operating right now right i mean uh, even the, with this lockdown covid and everything i'm just amazed by the kind of supply chain wisdom there is right in terms of understanding what exactly to stock and you know how to move things along and manage finances and stuff like that so absolutely with you on that um uh, let's move on to one of the chapters in your life which we cannot you know <laughs> i cannot uh, uh, not discuss right which is the whole upi npci uh, india stack uh, phase with i spirit so you were at the ground zero of launching upi with uh, npci and then you know developing the india stack as such right adari kyc and bunch of others uh now this is like a you know i mean probably the most ambitious project that i've ever known right and even with the likes of you know nandan nilekani around it must have felt like you were kind of reaching for the stars right it's an astronomical thing so what was that experience like <clears throat> i think when i look back it all feels surreal <laughs> uh, because you know i have now been reduced to a very humble daily active user of upi right uh, and every time when i use it i'm just fascinated as i was you know on day 0 day 1 right and i'm mm-hmm. still like shit it's still working <laughs> <laughs> and it works like a charm uh, yes. so um, honestly um, for me uh, uh this whole journey I, i i everywhere i talk i usually say that it was kind of chance pe dance for me 
um now um you know particularly when i can i kind of go back to see like you know how intimidating it was and you know how scary it was and and so on uh, actually it is exactly the opposite you know um uh, uh, people want belief exactly the opposite happened uh, okay. the op- the reason was most people did believe that this could be done right so so i was actually in a negative perception battle uh, where i was like you know nobody thought it would be a big deal right imagine uh, today it seems like a big deal right <laughs> my problem in 2016 was i had to convince people that okay uh, you know people would say imps hai na why should we do this money can goes in real time isse kya hoga right so i think uh, you know uh, the the good part about this journey was you know uh, people always underrate the future in some sense right mm-hmm. uh, and or the power of some things and overrate the past right uh, and uh, that's kind of what happened with upi so when i uh, started working on it it was really a no big deal for anyone right everybody kept saying mere ko farak nahi padta hai farak nahi padta hai you know or let's look at it dekhte hain that kind of rejection right every time or you know soft rejection to say fuck why is this person not giving bhav right why why are they not getting it uh, kind of fueled me more and more to say bloody i have to make this work <laughs> uh, you know uh, i remember with So, you know i had a this thing about a wallet one of the top wallet companies on whether they will adopt it or not right right i was like i don't care i will do whatever it takes that they i'll make them adopt it right even if it takes to get someone else to build a rival app <laughs> <laughs> and go to a point that they take notice and don't have a choice and do this right, right. um so in some sense uh, the good part for me was because people didn't believe it was a big deal mm. uh, i actually didn't have any you know any much performance anxiety as such issues mm. as such in the sense i didn't have professional stress at me because mm. i knew that if didn't this didn't happen it would be buried 6 feet under and you know it would just i mean i would probably go back to my life of sorts uh, right. so uh, so when what what changed this whole thing was i was truly pained that people were not able to see value of what we were trying to do right mm. then the problem is more a communication or a storyteller problem right it's mm. not about the technology like you know you can go on and on and on about <laughs> how good the apis are how this is and you know and so on but beyond a point uh you know uh, i i re- i read this somewhere that intel actually has this role called a futurist right mm. and that person's role is actually to see what the future is travel around the world and you know figure out what people want and this is that release tech products because in some sense we have made so much of progress on tech that the society will not probably even be ready to accept it, right many of those things mm. um so similarly you know rather than trying to show upi as more like a sci-fi type of you know kind of a project right uh, we kind of made it a lot more real and again uh, thanks to demonetization now if let's say demonetization had not happened probably this a billion transactions a month could have taken us two or three more years to reach there mm-hmm. uh, uh but you know a mix of people not giving a shit about it <laughs> and suddenly people wanting to give a shit about it <laughs> kind yeah. of brought this two things together um and you know uh i mean i, I there are lots of events that led to what what it is today <laughs> uh but i can tell you for uh for, i mean for real that you know it was not a mckinsey strategy plan <laughs> right uh, it didn't it didn't uh, uh, happen out of you know uh, it didn't happen like you know we made like a two year plan and these are the things that needs to happen and so on we broadly had these ideas it was a lot of small small things a lot of compounding effects that led to what has happened today 
and if right. if if that compounding things had not happened and maybe we would not have seen this i can i would definitely argue if it was a linear exercise to say okay app 1 app 2 app 3 bank 1 bank 2 bank 3 we wouldn't have been here uh, a lot of small things from uptimes from policy from regulations you know mm. uh, a lot of these compounding things has kind of led to where we are about upi today right and if you want to understand the greater significance of upi you only have to travel to the us and pick up all those pieces of change that they give you uh, you know whether it uh, your you know supermarket or whatever it is right and then you realize oh my god you know what an awesome country india is <laughs> absolutely yeah so let's talk about you know your transition from a founder i mean sorry from an operator to a founder now you've been a founder before right i think you had a startup called voice that right. got acquired by exotel back in the day uh, but you've been a founder i mean you've been an operator for a while after that uh what is it like to transition to being a founder now with setu so <laughs> um so i think uh the big transition is um going from i think a founder by definition is a leader right mm. um and i think uh the biggest transition has been from you know being a contributor to kind of a leader role because you know when you are an individual contributor right uh, there, there is there are very fewer things that you need to care about mm-hmm. uh, and but if you are a leader you know there is so much uh, uh, that you need to care about and here's the reason right um, that if you are a manager right then life is easy and you know what you do you can set goals and uh, and for your team and measure them against goals and you know help them get there blah 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 and so on but if you're a leader the the true job is to you know truly grow your people um, you know and if your people are not growing then your company is not going to grow right uh, and uh, you know it's said all of these things are said right you can read a hazar books you can read like <laughs> so many you know founders and you know blah 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 it's probably the most cliche thing right but it is true uh, at the end of the day uh, if people in your organization are not growing then you are not going to grow as a company so how do you make that happen so first is for you yourself has to personally grow about this right suddenly this all this pressure <laughs> how do you hire people more smarter than you how do you hire people you know uh, more with more experience with more relevance with more knowledge right um, mm-hmm. or how do you even inspire young folks to come and join you um, so so that's the first step of you know doing self improvement uh, and i think given that we're all human beings it's going to be a pursuit of you know being leader <laughs> mm. there is no absolute leadership that you can say oh today i'm a leader right because mm. situation changes every day right uh, things go bad good you know every day so i think it's always being in this pursuit <laughs> of getting better of wanting to be you know of wanting to help and grow your people and so on Okay. Uh, so first is all this investment into ourselves uh, and uh, personally you know uh, it's i don't say it's been hard uh, but it's definitely not as easy as one expects it to be uh, to transition to this right uh, mm-hmm. so that, so that that's been the one part uh, the second part is you know uh, the joy in seeing others successful um, again you know uh, you know the whole whole thing about being a founder now is you know i have to celebrate everybody's victory in the team <laughs> there is nothing called my victory anymore right um and i think uh flipping that switch to say you know uh, it's about making them successful uh and not about you anymore uh, uh has been kind of uh one of those biggest transitions from being an operator to a founder right uh so uh broadly you know uh, i feel a lot empowered by having a team uh, mm-hmm. because you know 
as an individual operator ultimately you know i i like what talib says right like ultimately if you really want to change the world fucking start a company <laughs> <laughs> right uh, so all of these things around policy and all of that so one thing is for sure one side of the world that i've lived in is that you know in a country like india bharat sarkar is extremely impactful mm-hmm. any work that you can do with them any small thing it have enormous impact right mm. he like you know like take example of upi the other not so known project that i have worked on but a project is known as also gst right i worked right. gst and apis and and so on uh, so even if you do a small small thing and make it better it'll have impact on so many millions of people right um, that's what government policy also does uh, but you know it's always riddle you're always operating under those constraints right uh, but when you're an entrepreneur you're truly uh, uh, you know in an open space uh, in the sense you know the world is your playground you can think literally about building anything whether you want to send a rocket to the moon or whether you want to build uh, you know a tech app or whatever it is uh, now what happens is as we go along in this journey we start putting these constraints um so we'll bring investor investor will bring you know <laughs> one one framework and you know and so on and sure. so forth um so uh I, i so i think the key is to be empowered as a founder to be able to change the world right um uh, and that empowerment involves capital etc etc right and the right. non negotiable part of this will be people um uh, because uh, ultimately a company is going to be built uh, on the people you know on the people that are in the company and how they are growing uh, so for me uh, this whole idea of managing so many people and their growth right not just managing their tasks if managing tasks is again something that we all know we know how to do it but managing growth has been the biggest kind of shift uh, like how do you constantly worry about how do you even motivate someone to grow right uh, so so culture and all of this what is what shapes your culture right if there is no growth mindset in people uh, then your culture is also going to be of a no growth uh, so so this whole managing people and and their growth has been the biggest uh, shift uh now in terms of uh business product and all of that uh i think uh you know uh all of those parts kind of are mostly kind of uh, uh similar for me uh because of the kind of company that we are wanting to build uh so not much on that side of change working with the ecosystem working with the banking side and so on as a founder Uh, right uh, my professional and the reason is that because when sahil and i were starting we asked ourselves this question hello what do we want to do <laughs> why do we want to start up <laughs> so i have this uh, business plan when i shut down my last startup where i made a business plan to start a paint shop in my hometown in kolar right and my business plan says roshan that sure. you and i are in the wrong industry <laughs> right if we if we start a paint distribution shop in a decent mid tier two tier town you can probably make up to a crore a crore and a half per year right as as an individual business and why are you and i doing all this <laughs> so um so i decided when sahil and i were starting we decided that we are not going to do this just for the sake of money we are not going to do this for what we love doing um, so which is why we first figured more on what the company would do or what kind of company will be built um, and that's where the whole idea of building a developer platform a co-creation platform you know we just look back to our past and said what were we doing let's continue to do that <laughs> in a new avatar and the only thing that has changed is you know building the team part uh, and and us realizing how important that is uh, for anything that we do right fantastic so why don't you explain uh, setu uh, to those who may not know about it already what are you trying to do with setu so uh, I, with setu what we're trying to do is is we want to make uh we want to design new financial products uh 
uh, for India, right? Uh, and make these financial products available and affordable, accessible and affordable to every Indian. Uh, today, one of the biggest challenges that we have in the country is, right, in spite of having technology, in spite of having financial institution, uh, a large part of our population doesn't have access to all financial products, right? We can't just give them a Jandan bank account and wash our hands off and say, we have done financial inclusion, right? Mm. Is this the step one of bringing someone into the formal ecosystem? So I'd say to what we're trying to do is to make these products available and accessible to all of these people. Now, how do we do this, right? Uh, so, ob- so this goes back to our, dis- our discussion around distribution, right? So India is a large country with a billion people. And we genuinely or we clearly believe that there is no way as a, com- as a single company will be able to serve all of these people, right? So, so what we have decided as a role to do is let us build a technology platform, right? That will enable hundreds of entrepreneurs to build financial products on top of us, right? Whether you want to call them fintech companies, whether you want to call them tech companies wanting to do financial services, or whether it is, you know, new businesses that are built on top, right? We don't know. Uh, Why can't someone run like almost like a formal chit fund? if they really want to do it, right? Uh, So our goal is to have these hundreds of entrepreneurs on top of us who can build thousands of financial products and then they will go and reach these end customers. Now, in order to enable these hundreds of entrepreneurs, we need to give them financial products, right? So how do we get these financial products? We partner with existing financial institutions like the banks, uh, asset management companies and NBFCs work with them, design new financial products, make these financial products available as an API, right? And make this entrepreneur and the financial institution partner together and make this product available for the entrepreneurs and customers, right? So it's basically stitching together this ecosystem of entrepreneurs or innovators who want to build and serve their end customers. And financial institutions like the banks and the AMCs, which are regulated, which build, manufacture financial products. Can we be the digital supply chain uh, to connect these two? You know, one is a distributor and the other is a manufacturer. And APIs is, you know, is the digital supply chain. And that's why we are called Setu, to basically build this bridge, a digital bridge, uh, which will enable, you know, these interactions to happen. And our hope is, you know, the future is where, you know, uh, there is customization and, and personalization of financial products to a level that, Roshan, you'll have your own banking skin <laughs> and your <laughs> own teams. <laughs> um, and, and that's the future that, you know, we want to create. Uh, that how do we make financial services personalized to N is to one, right? To that nth person. Uh, and right. not take generic products and give it to everybody. Uh, so this is our uh, uh, mission. Uh, uh, we are still trying to figure out how to make this happen. <laughs> we have made baby steps. Uh, we have learned a lot more. Um, we have grown uh, as a company uh, from from you know two founders to thirty five people. Um, and uh, so I'm feeling more confident than ever to be able to achieve this awesome. uh, at this time. Awesome. Yeah. So you guys raised a round of funding very recently as well, right? Uh, to, you know, sort of enable this uh, fantastic mission that you guys are on. So how did life change post that funding? Well, for starters, that day when our funding was announced, the entire day got wasted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Honestly, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, fundraisers have funnily uh, positive impacts uh, in some sense uh, for startups. Uh, so one is obviously in recruiting uh, where you see where, like direct impact, um, you know, uh, candidates are a little bit more confident or a, lo- a yeah. little bit more, you know, kind of open to joining like, you know, a company with a series and so on. Uh, so we are seeing that in in our uh, in in our hiring conversations. In fact, after COVID, by the way, we have 
we have like onboarded four people remotely and maybe hired wow. four people remotely <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, i mean it's got nothing to do with the funding part but i'm just saying that you know we we managed to do this and we are seeing some some of those uh, play out during our final conversations with uh, candidates mm-hmm. second uh, since we 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 are in this business of you know so the financial institutions need to trust us to open up their infrastructure right mm-hmm. for us to distribute it for somewhere else right so i really see banks are probably the most trusted institutions right now i need to be an institution that the bank trusts right right and uh, you know there is only so much that you can talk bankers only understand numbers <laughs> so uh, so having a good capital infusion and you know showing that okay we are a serious company we're going to be around for the long run mm. uh, is has also been very very helpful uh, for us to uh, you know crack a banking partnership because the last thing that the bank wants to do is give give you a software contract mm. and you not existing for the next you know after 5 years especially where we building software for some of the transaction engine right whether it's right. api bbps and so on uh, so so it's helped in these two ways um uh, but other than that you know uh, life has really not changed uh, uh, for us at all <laughs> otherwise nice. nice okay let's do a rapid fire round okay these are one of those mandatory things that every interview format has to have Oh, uh, no. <laughs> nothing scandalous sir. don't worry done, so done. just quick uh, an- answers to the following questions okay uh, which startup again i think i know the answer uh, which startup has the best partner ecosystem in india i know what you'll tell me <laughs> it's tally tally of course right uh, if you were to pick one developer partners or go to market partners which one uh, right now no overlap i know but yeah right now uh to work, oh so there's one partner we're working with super excited is yellow messenger oh nice nice okay uh so if you were to do the whole i spirit stint again one thing that you would do differently uh get myself a nice desk at home <laughs> okay uh jeff bezos or uh, steve jobs steve jobs product or platform platform kiranas or amazon kiranas any day uh, financial inclusion or millennial banking oh financial inclusion for sure one startup operator that you look up to and why samir nigam okay i think um, he's the um, phone pay phone pay founder yes ah, okay. phone pay founder and ceo nice. uh, the reason is samir is great uh and you know as you know i've i've seen phone pay grow from being a hackathon team participate at upi to mm-hmm. how big they are and i can tell you this no founder in india has gone through the kind of stress and competition and this thing that samir has gone through right mm-hmm. year one uh launches first three months of launch biggest bank in the country comes at him year one google year to facebook year crazy, to amazon crazy <laughs> crazy i mean payments has been such a crazy competitive space right and for phone pay to have you know sort of survived and done well i mean that's a fantastic testament to the founders grit no doubt yeah uh your best quarantine hack that you've discovered oh um so we actually uh, started a daily morning quiz in the office at 10 am uh, between 10 to 10 am uh, for the first almost 6 to 7 weeks every day we used to have this pop quiz uh, where sahil or i were the quiz master mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that basically helped all of us set into a morning routine even for me to start my day at 10 o'clock uh, so uh, so every day the entire company we would check in do the 10 minute quiz and you know get back to our work nice <laughs> so i think uh, you know in more than many ways it's it helped people uh, as because the shift was so abrupt uh, mm-hmm. so building that behavior of starting the day at the same time was very important uh, right. and uh, we found this fun quiz pop quiz to be the best way to engage everybody and not bore anyone nice nice 
uh, what book are you reading right now oh so i'm uh, reading a book uh, uh, on you know i'm actually reading a couple of books uh, one of them is uh, this book called the goal um, and this is about you know about like theory of constraints and the process of ongoing improvement and so on um, so sounds heavy man i mean <laughs> so by the way um, i'm actually i have a contrary opinion on like improvement self improvement slash business books uh, uh-huh. i actually don't read them until i need them uh, so i don't okay. generally pick up a book and you know read that uh, for general gyan because fix you instead yeah so whenever i i find myself in okay okay i need to do something better or you know or if i have to learn something about a concept then i go deep down into it read blogs then find a book uh uh and so on so so i don't generally otherwise pick up management books so let's okay. say if i have a pricing issue that i'm trying to solve then i go into okay let's read like monetizing innovation or something like that nice okay uh what part podcasts uh, do you listen to what do you recommend oh podcast so i i obviously uh listen to a bunch of uh, different types of podcasts um so one thing is definitely the knowledge project by shane parison is something yeah, that that's amazing uh, yeah. i was i mean that would be my go i mean that would be my one must listen to everybody right yeah. you can listen to anything else uh, but but that's one thing that i would recommend everybody to listen to yeah that's fantastic uh so nikhil we're at the end of the uh, podcast and you know before we let you go uh why don't you quickly tell us what do you have coming up and also leave us with some words of advice for all the startup operators who are listening uh what do we have coming up uh, the next few months uh, we're just putting our heads down uh, we have a product where we have a product market fit we're doubling down and increasing distribution for that uh, we're working on three or four new products at the same time uh, we all of these are parallelized tasks uh, so i'm excited to you know launch all of these beta so we're going to launch lending api soon uh, to you know uh, as you know the entire country is now going to be struggling in financial services uh, for us this is a time where you know the people that we want to serve the most need us the most right now mm-hmm. um, and i'm particularly you know uh, at least at this role as a entrepreneur i'm not so empowered as uh, as i i would have liked to be so we're going to do whatever that we can uh, to help people and build products in the next few months uh, coming quarters we have kind of set ourselves to be able to do this uh, so we're going to listen to the market go back to the financial institution uh, help see if we can help them you know leverage the credit guarantee scheme from the government and so on and make this money flow happen <laughs> if not if not the country is going to be in shambles so we're going to try and do as much as possible there uh, right. to all my startup founder friends uh, i i i have you know uh, i just want to say that you know uh, life is a long journey and uh, and you know uh, if if it is not for today you know live and fight another day uh, but otherwise you know everybody keep safe uh, I, you know this this all gyan at this time to lot of startups and founders right mm-hmm. i'll tell you you know what exactly is going through what's going through a lot of founders and startups are all like you know pain misery lonely loneliness uh lots of personal friends of ours right who had to let go of people on zoom and yeah. so on uh it, it's it's really you know apart from strength to all of these people <laughs> i really have no other advice to give yeah no i mean it's a it's a pretty interesting time and uh, you know you can only hope that people have the strength to kind of make it through right so yeah fantastic and if, and if not if not live to fight another day yeah Life live to fight long. another day yeah 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 fantastic note to end the podcast on thank you so much again for making the time this was super fascinating man i mean thank you for sharing all of your insights and everything oh absolutely roshan such a pleasure thank you so much for having me Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Startup Operator. 
Every weekend, we'll interview operators at fast-growing startups and curate insights that can help you do better. This podcast is available on all popular platforms. If you like our content, don't forget to subscribe and share. Thank you. Until next time, put your head down and execute.